0: 7.02. The Africa Report with Crystal Odison. Answers 2, I think, is the correct English. It can sometimes betray me. Uh, but let's go straight to what's happening around the continent. Crystal Oderson, a very good morning to you. Really, really worrying story coming out of uh, Ouagadougou, Burkina Faso. Uh, another coup in West Africa.
1: Yes, good morning, Bongani, and I think very worrying. Um, ironically, you know, Burkina Faso is it means the land of the upright people and, of course, also the country of Thomas Sankara, who is edged in our minds in terms of the struggle that he had led in that country. So the past week turmoil, um, and now the, the military with some opposition groups are saying they are in charge. We still don't know where the president, um, President Kabore, is. And, of course, it's just causing, you know, real concern. And Bungani, you know, trying to analyze this for our listeners, what's at the heart of this socio-economic conditions, Bongani. Yes, we read it's about Islamic jihadists. There's been so many killings, but ultimately, Bongani, it's about political leaders not listening to their people, not listening to how dire things have been, how COVID has exacerbated it. And of course, one can simply say it's Islamic jihadists fighting for territory. No, it's actually people, you know, trying to. Eck out a living and it's not justifying what is happening. But it, one could say, look at the violence in South Africa, what is that leading us to? We're just not going to have a military coup here. But you know, the violence that we're seeing on our streets, what is it really, Bongani? In West Africa, it's come out, you know, you see the military taking over. The past year alone, we've been talking about it, Bongani. We've seen Mali, we've seen Guinea, we've ch- seen Chad all military taking over they claim their leaders are ignoring what they have to say not listening to them so in order for them to force their leaders to listen to them they go about it's not the right way we see the UN coming out with a very strong statement deeply concerned, condemning the coup. We see the same words from ECOWAS, also the African Union. But the fact is, we never see regional bodies or even the African Union actually coming out and saying, yes, we condemn it. Yes, there's economic sanctions. Yes, we're going to deal with it. We never actually see them sending in external forces to help bring about you know, democratic change again. So in Mali, we have the military there still going about their business, ignoring what everyone else has to say. We see in Chad, we see in Guinea, and now we're going to see it in Burkina Faso. Are we going to see a drastic change overnight? I don't think so, Bongani. The military will be in after a few months. We'll see that nothing really is going to change. And in this case, the army, the soldiers on the ground who's been fighting this Islamist insurgency, um, they've been saying, we've not been getting pain, we don't have food, More More and more people are being killed. Um, Ordinary people have lost their livelihoods. And you know, Bongani, you know, Wagadougou was one of those tranquil places that you could go as a tourist, known for fabulous festivals. That's no longer happening. No one wants to go to Burkina Faso. So another source of income, absolutely gone. So I think it's a combination of all these factors, Bongani, that has led to this military coup. And I think the leaders in Francophone Africa and in Africa needs to ask the question, are leaders listening to their people, If not, in some cases, we're going to see the military taking over. And I don't think this will be the last time that we'll be talking about this.
0: And it'll be all talk and no action once again. Very quickly then, Crystal, Um, Zimbabwe uh, putting its stamp on the world map of winemaking.
1: Yes, Pungani, I just think, you know, when we often talk about Zimbabwe, you know, it's a contentious issue in South Africa, especially we've seen over the past week with Julius Malema going to restaurants, etc. And so I thought, you know, there's another perspective coming from Zimbabwe. A lot of people that, of course, gained um, meaningful employment here in the country, being trained here, are going back home. And so in this case, we now see winemakers that's what's trained here in South Africa going back home, um, starting their own wine label, um, you know, already up. Up to 200,000 bottles have been produced. Of course, a very small amount can be taken to South Africa, which we know is the eighth largest producer of wine. Um, but And South Africa, of course, exports bulk wine to Nigeria, Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda, Mozambique, and, of course, Zimbabwe. But we see people that's been trained in South Africa, Australia, France, going back to Zimbabwe and saying, well, things have to look up. You know, there's been a boom in the hospitality sector, and they're taking advantage of it training new um, potential winemakers, starting a sommelier association in Zimbabwe, and pushing the industry back home in Zimbabwe. Of course, it's not going to happen overnight. But, Bungani, I tasted wine from Algeria and Tunisia, um, and these are Muslim Uh, countries. uh, So I reckon, well, it's not compared to a Sauvignon Blanc from Cape Town. But hey, you know, industries can actually happen. So who knows what the future (laughs) will hold for Zimbabwe, Burgani. Listen, you
0: lost me at Sauvignon Blanc. (laughs) (laughs) Crystal Audison with this morning's Africa Report.